WKCR-FM New York, this is Jazz Alternatives. Oh, did you pick the right night to be next to the radio? I'm Mitch Goldman. We, this is a good one. This is going to be good. I'm, I, I don't usually like to say that before we get started because, you know, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> I'm going to look bad, but I'm going, I'm going out on a limb. Cannot get this wrong. We cannot blow this. My confidence level is that high because Phil Ronakloff here in the studio with me tonight. Welcome back. Because if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be <laughs> right. Be. <laughs> and um, I, I, I'm, I love you. I love yes, you. I love yes. having you here. We know this. And we know uh, this. We've we've carried on for quite some time now. <laughs> We, uh, we did a great one of these. It hardly seems like as long ago as it probably was on uh, Coltrane in Japan, which was a revelation for me. I learned a lot that night, and I'm confident tonight's going to be at least, at least, I'm saying, I'm setting the bar way up there, because mm-hmm. what are we talking about tonight? Eye-opening and uh, perhaps... Uh several uh, coincidences that happen around Mr. Eric Dolphy. Mm, indeed. Or even eyebrow-raising revelations. Uh, no less. But, but, but certainly a celebration of his life and work. Yes. Yes, with some stellar moments from the WKCR archives. And uh, I think we should jump right into a track. Yes. And wake them up. And then we'll, uh, <laughs> I want to hear thoughts because I know you have made a great personal study of Eric Dolphy's music. And uh, um, uh, this, is, this is a treat for me. Okay. We are uh, heading out to Jackson Heights, Queens, setting the Wayback Machine for October 7th, 1962. Mm. little club gig out in the hood out there. <laughs> Eric Dolphy on the bandstand on WKCR. Thank you. 
Well, that is something that I have almost never heard. A recording clearly announcing himself, unmistakably Eric Dolphy with that magnificent flute solo. And uh, we'll tell you who else is in the band in a moment. Playing in a nightclub. And a smattering of polite, engaged uh, applause from a small audience. It's uh, an astonishing rarity and a real treat. And for a student of the music of Eric Dolphy, it's um, eye and ear opening. And uh, that's what we're listening to. The program's called Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. Firon Akloff, a great student of the music of Eric Dolphy, is here in the studio with me. And most of all, a student of uh, the smattering of folks in a place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something you know <laughs> well. Sorry, I, know, <laughs> I know that very well. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget <clears throat> something that a guy said to me once uh, as I began playing music that wasn't of the conventional nature. <clears throat> I said, well... Perhaps someday we'll get large audiences. And and one of my colleagues said, well, why would you want that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, then I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, you're right. We want the right people. Yeah, yeah. We want... <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand that. I, I think... Um, I think By it, the way, that colleague was George Lewis. Ah. <laughs> One of the few things I remember that George Lewis said. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I've heard a few things mm -hmm. that have supposedly come from the mouth of Eric Dolphy, and I don't think he was uh, willfully obscure, obtuse. I think he wanted to reach people. Very much so. Very much. He was a people person. Yeah. And uh, his heart was on display and available to people in much a much grander way than anyone could imagine. Um, the stories that we heard from Richard Davis, his close friend and compatriot. And, Who and is on this date, yes. by the way, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly centered around the beauty of his character and the home he came from, his parents, and he, he being a reflection of the great people that they were. And then they, he said, this is, I, I understood how Eric was such a beautiful person because of the family he came from. Um, so, yes, I think he had the kind of, not only a burning, exciting love, but uh also it was daring because he had the security of himself when when one loves that uh unabashedly or 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 unconditionally uh yeah a lot of confidence uh can come from that that will make you uh jump off the precipice as as, <laughs> as he often did with his uh flute and bass clarinet yeah yeah and uh, yeah, I'm 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 still uh, taking it all in. And the fact that this music still sounds fresh, baked out of the oven, you know, uh, mm -hmm. that that yeasty aroma of <laughs> uh, something newly created. And 
you know, we recently passed the 50-year mark since he right. passed away. It's, and one can only imagine how astonishing the music must have sounded for listeners then. Mm-hmm. It still sounds that way to me now. Right, right. And I, and I do believe that uh, it was an incubation time for he and his friends. Uh, Gratian Moncur told me so many wonderful stories about Eric and uh, Richard Davis and, and of course, Bobby Hutchison and um, even Eddie Amor, who we heard. Well, did we hear trumpet at all here? Um, I, I wonder, did he put his trumpet down that for the last time? at Or what, why was he there? He's listed on the date, and uh, but I don't think we heard him on that track. Yeah. Well, I should... Uh, let the folks know who's on this club date. I think it was a Friday, mm-hmm. I suspect. Maybe he so, had quit by then. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he has might... a famous quitting story. Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's a famous uh, Eddie Omar uh, quitting story. So this must be much earlier than that. Well, this is uh, October 62. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this is early. By 60, when is um, Out to Lunch? 64. 64, yeah. So. By by 1964, Eddie Amor had had his fill and said he wanted no more. He famously stormed out of the rehearsal, slammed the door. For, uh, he was supposed to be on Out to Lunch? Or? He was supposed to be on Out to Lunch. Wow. Wow. Which goes to show me how long they had had some musical relationship, at least a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Right? What, do we know what the issue was that he, uh, what would prompt him to do that? Uh, we don't know, but what we do know is Eric's answer to his flaming disgust at the rehearsal, which was, I hate you, I hate you, I hate your music, I I can't stand this anymore. I'm leaving. He packs up and and Eric's response was, of course, all the other musicians were shocked because yeah. they know how sensitive uh, they imagined Eric to be because how sensitive he was to everyone. Now, he may not necessarily receive anger, criticism, and whatnot in the same degree to which he has been able to extend loving kindness. Mm. So, and maybe that is why he responded by saying, well, Eddie, if there's anything I can ever do for you, just let me know. Uh, I appreciate you playing the music as much as you have. And, and it, it, it just shocked everybody. And so Richard and Bobby and, and, um, uh, uh, Tony Williams. Right. Yeah. They were all just, they were astounded by how he took that without being really disturbed. And so yeah. they called little young Freddie Hubbard. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I know so. a kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, it would, um, you know, I mean, it would have been a fantastic recording anyway, I'm sure, but that is mm-hmm. one of the high water marks yes freddie uh, hubbard kind of made his exactly bones on that record Mm -hmm. wow 
Wow. I probably have a few stories like that myself. <laughs> Not storming People out. tell about you? Or? No, you know, no. Being the one to show up after an explosion. Oh. <laughs> yeah, make it work for you, yeah. man. <laughs> I can tell you. There are a lot of things I have. I wasn't supposed to be on. <laughs> Maybe like that one. Better recordings for it, I dare say. Hence my beginning and flowering. You know? <laughs> so. Man, you know, it's funny. You hear like sometimes these sessions and you've been part of enough bands to know that like uh, you think of this group as a unit mm-hmm. you know like they're like uh, like the, the the masked avengers or something mm-hmm. and they're all in it together all for yeah. one one for all yeah not so much sometimes mm-hmm. you know everybody's mm-hmm. kind of got their own things going on and maybe they're Get what the band hey, was Hey, look, doing it was nineteen sixty three, four. <laughs> yeah, you know, could he? Who knows? He <laughs> he could have been affected by any of the crazy things that happened in the sixties. Yeah, true, true, true. You know, think about it. Too many things to think yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, clearly, to us looking back on it, Eric Dolphy had a vision for something beyond. Right, and very few people knew his his um, uh, immediate wealth. Uh, of course, Ch- Charles Mingus did, and made the most of it. I think um, <clears throat> many, not many, but and well, some. Right, yes. right, of course, yeah. So, so some knew and 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 sp- enjoyed spending as much time as they could with him, and and he was a very a people person. He was the guy. He, as Gratian would say, you know, you'd see him and he, he would light up the room and say, "Yeah, you want to play?" The first thing he wanted, "Do you want to? You want to play? Let's let's go play now. Let's, you know." So he was certainly engaging in that way. Uh, and uh, this date in Queens on eighty third and Roosevelt. Yes, eighty third and Roosevelt is a place I've always known as Pequeña Colombia. Oh yeah, okay. where I where I go and and get you know pandabono and uh-huh. whatnot you know, but um, there and there I can never imagine <clears throat> there being a club there, uh, a jazz club that was many years ago. But so um, yeah, well there were there were a fair number of mm-hmm. jazz musicians living living there in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. area back then. I mean, mm. as you were saying, Louis Armstrong being the right. best known, but I right, think. Right. Uh, Trying to remember who I think Dizzy was living out there maybe at that time, and mm-hmm. um, there were a bunch of I heard dribs and drabs. It of was stories, the but. it was the first uh, escape like New Jersey yeah. is today, yeah. right? It, it was <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, but uh, I don't know. But then again, you know, maybe it was just uh, mainstream entertainment. Maybe yeah. Somehow, right. yeah. you know, Eric Dolphy. Probably. Maybe Ralph Bunch came to the gig. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. And Eddie Armour's in the back going, I got to get out of this right. band. Right. Exactly. I got to. Exactly. <laughs> Especially playing Left Alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Why don't you sit this one out, Eddie? <laughs> what? Again? I, I I was surprised by that. I was glad to hear that. And, you know, Mal was a person that I loved very dearly. Hearing that tune uh, reminded me of him as well. Well, it might have been Mal Waldron getting the call to play piano on this gig, but as it happened, it was another 
promising youngster. Mm -hmm. Herbie Hancock's playing piano mm -hmm. on this date. Mm -hmm. Richard Davis on the bass. Edgar Bateman on the drums. And uh, there might be a guest or two popping in mm -hmm. later in the evening. Um, Edgar Bateman is not somebody I was familiar with. Well, Edgar Bateman said something to me that I'll never forget. And when is it, I is when it suitable I, when for I, broadcast? It is suitable for, <laughs> okay, for broadcast. And, but it, it, it titillates the mind. I, and so when I finally met him on some day, he came to New York because he's from Philadelphia. And, and, I, and I was in my adulations. Oh, Edgar Bateman. Oh, it's so great to meet you. And he says, so what, is, so what are you doing? He says, oh, just trying to get more bounce for the ounce. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it really, you know, he, of course, was uh, uh, an humble gentleman and has an Edgar Bateman Jr. son who I do not know, but I believe I am a Facebook friend and I believe he is also a drummer, but they're from Philadelphia, and um, now and yeah, he he is also you know was loved by very specific few people. Baikita mm. Carroll is one mm. who who uh, knew and loved Ed, Ed, Edgar Bateman, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they were his their fathers were friends or something like that, mm. something like that. Yeah, so so yeah, um, it's great to hear him knowing that he had a New York career mm. in the yeah 60s, right yeah 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 you know, before he moved back to Philly yeah um, it's uh any uh thoughts about the feel of this rhythm section on this date uh well I can't remember the other track yet well let's uh, but because that was a ballad mm. it was significant significantly austere yes <laughs> yes indeed and uh, but I mean, you know, you know, what can you say about that? Many of these, um, do I hear Herbie and Richard Davis playing together much? Mm, it would happen from time to time, but but very little with Edgar Bateman. I'm so, definitely well, Herbie's uh, ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And and his uh, harmonic sense. I mean, I can only imagine that Eric Dolphy had a great appreciation for the kinds of voicings and things. Oh, that I'm, Herbie would do. I'm, I'm sure the feeling would be mutual. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> I'm sure he was uh, quite an, an admiration. And I'm sure. I don't. Oh, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I get the sense that. Uh, Eric Dolphy's giving Herbie a lot of room to mm -hmm. create and create that space for him to improvise in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, well, it's it's this is uh, it's a very special, very special live recording. Uh, the next piece is one that Eric Dolphy wrote for Gerald Wilson. Wow. G W. Wow, wow, wow. So, uh, who's uh, one of the people who gave Eric Dolphy a leg up as a young musician in Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go back, get back on the train out to Jackson Heights. All right. <laughs> 1962. Yeah. There's a live recording from the WKCR archives of Eric Dolphy. I'm Mitch Goldman. Firon Akloff is my guest. And uh, this, is, this is the good stuff. This is the stuff that makes me all excited to come here Monday <laughs> nights. 
going uh, live music from Eric Dolphy. Gonna wail again for you. Yeah.
got rhythm and I know it's true. I got so much rhythm on the what to do. Oh, I got rhythm, ask for anything more. Makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Give that rhythm everything you got. Oh, I got rhythm, ask for anything more. Well, there's old man troubles. You can't find him. You won't find him hanging around my door anymore. Clap your hands, pat your feet. All you got to have is a swinging beat. You'll have rhythm, who can ask for anything more. Dig,
I can't ask for anything more than that band tonight. Uh, we are, you're listening to WKCR. My name is Mitch Goldman. This program is called Jazz Alternatives each weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m. Monday nights, we call this show Deep Focus. We have a guest in the studio and some rare live recordings that we unpack and uh, the live recording is of Eric Dolphy and our guest tonight, I'm very happy to say, Verona Klaff. And uh, we're just, uh, I hope you're enjoying this music as much as we are because this, this is really a treat. We're in a club called the Gaslight Inn. Now, don't think of the place on McDougal Street in the village because I don't think there's any connection between that and this place on uh, just off Roosevelt Avenue on 83rd Street in Jackson Heights. It's October 7th, 1962, and the band of uh, Eric Dolphy, of course, playing bass clarinet, alto saxophone there, and we heard some flute as well. Eddie Armour on the trumpet, Herbie Hancock's piano, Richard Davis on the bass, Edgar Bateman on the drums, and that fantastic guest vocal from the great Joe Carroll on I Got Rhythm. And uh, it's really, you know... It's interesting uh, hearing this band and hearing Eric Dolphy, who I think of as a, very much a composer and having his own concept, also playing some uh, more... Fun music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think he was he a fun guy? Oh, very much so. Uh, I believe he was a fun guy. Uh, I also believe that he was not... Uh, in a dark way, misunderstood. Um, I believe that he let things just flow. And um, I heard something a little unusual. uh, uh, Of Well, you know, I guess, dear Mitch audience, uh, one of the reasons that Mitch considers me a, a Dolphyite is because last year we our nonprofit seed artists from Montclair, New Jersey, put on a wonderful event, two days, and we had Eric Dolphy's friends and so many interesting creative music musicians inspired by him. And uh 
So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm an expert, but I know a number of little interesting things about his life. And, on, uh, and you know, it, it, little by little, it's starting to come out in me, some of these ways of treating human beings better, perhaps. But also, you know, playing around with the birds in my yard. You know, mm. so I have mm. the cardinal whistle down so that so much so that, you know, the, the, the local cardinal comes to talk to me. We, we speak back and forth. Well, that is and something he, that Eric Dolphy was. Yes. Yes. He, mm. he, he was interested in that, too. And as Can a you flute, do it for us? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't want that. Dude. Come, come on. Come on. <laughs> you can't you can't it. whistle like a cardinal while you're laughing, when you're smiling, <laughs> you know. All right, everybody, don't smile. Okay. Don't smile. We'll Jerome's get there. Maybe, get, we'll, maybe we'll get there. Got to dial this one in for we'll, us. We'll, we'll get there. But um, I guess the, the, the number one part of it, of his uh, personality that I think his dear friend Gunther Schuller talked about so much was uh, the innovations that he made were just happening, and he wasn't thinking of them as innovations. It was just exploration, exploration, exploration. He he got energy from exploring and 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 working on his music, and Gunther would even go as far as to say that most everyone began to play like Eric after a while, after a little. And I'm wondering is Everybody. that. In the band, everybody around him. I mean, the improvisers. Yeah. Wow. Who? Uh, well, it, I mean, that's saying you know, something because his sound is, is so distinctive. It is. It's distinctive. But but you know, you can say. I mean, and we know the influence of Coltraneites. You know, we know the influence of Maxites. You know, we we can we can we see them. We hear them. You know, we all move through that in in our work. But uh, perhaps. You know, they're very, if only a few would be, you know, people would say, that, oh, yeah, this is Dolphy influenced. Um, but um, I, I think to, to hear that he was actually out doing things in clubs and not just, uh, you know, doing a few records and you yeah. know, had a relationship that with with uh, Mingus and Coltrane and and then next thing you know he's gone you know yeah. <laughs> you know th- that's kind of how most of yeah. us think of him yeah uh, but to actually hear him out and doing gigs and uh, yeah and people applauding so right and it's <laughs> so. great it's great to hear him in these European and not European right people American people actually yeah. applauding and, and <laughs> because I, yeah I think of uh, the live recordings I know of Eric Dolphy. Other than, I guess, there's also the uh, the great concert, mm-hmm. of course, you know, mm-hmm. the five spot, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a real club in New York. That's, uh, but um, mostly it's European grand concert hall recordings. Mm-hmm. God bless the child or the stuff with Mingus, and this he, this is with the folks. Right. I mean, you got right. you know, I'm just picturing Joe Carroll coming up and like, hey fellas, you know, mm-hmm. like he's in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. You know, like, mm-hmm. you think he was, was he announced? Was he part of the band? I don't oh, think so. I, 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 mean, I bet he just came and they said, you want to sing one? Or he said, I'll sing yeah, rhythm yeah. with you on there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And 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 hearing Eric Dolphy and, you know, his milieu with his buddies. Mm-hmm. And it uh, was his, you know, yeah. It was his narcotic. Yeah. This this way of being. Uh being a, a man who didn't drink or smoke, um and barely ate, evidently. Hmm. Um uh yeah, this was this was his real uh substance for for food and sustenance music you know so um right so what well, um um now last mic break we had just come in after uh a beautiful ballad but um the playing was fantastic but it didn't really give this rhythm section much of a workout right now we're hearing mm-hmm. another side to these guys and I'm you being a drummer in particular, I'm wondering, what are you hearing? What's going on in this band? Well, it, it sounds like uh, there's, a, there's enough convention and there's enough exploration. It's quite balanced, you know. Uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, yeah, the, the, the surprising elements that uh, uh, Edgar Bateman was putting in there, uh, a little Blackwell esque, you mm-hmm. know, a little, uh, little, you know, his, you know, the establishing um, this very active sound uh, with the drums as opposed to just uh, keeping time, you know, um, very, very interactive bass and snare drum activity uh, on occasion. So that that was certainly for 1962. You know that that was something. You know that was yeah. a, that was an an approach that uh, was edgy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's he's really like uh, just throwing a lot of coal on the fire and mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. smacking mm-hmm. Eric on the back. Of well, the... <laughs> you know, well the funny thing about that is that the, you know live recordings are always my favorite uh, because you I think you get a sense of what the energy amongst the players is and the interaction is and uh, uh, you can get swept up in the fun of it yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Herbie's just relentless. I mean, just ideas just piling on. And which, which, you know, I I like to tell students that, um, you know, to make a distinction between music and, you know, performances by live musicians <laughs> on instruments mm-hmm. uh, you know people use the word music a lot you know? <laughs> so, not always so, deservedly well, yeah exactly sometimes there, there are some wavy lines in there you know, but, unpack that a little bit if you would well you know I just think that we have in our we have our innate music which I don't know if we really listen to uh, as much as we should, uh, that comes in, as some uh, folks say, through, through the back door, you know. Um, but in our subconscious mind, or in, in the grand subconscious, uh, and we, we access all of these things that have to do with sound formations and, and progressions and... and uh, after a while, 
if you program yourself to say, this is my music, I like this music, um, then, you know, you, you're probably not only missing the stuff that is subtler and making an impression on you, uh, but you're not giving yourself a chance to grow and, and hear more. You, you, if, you're, if your ears and perception goes to the gym enough, you know, it'll get conditioned to hear what the comets sound like. In fact, Chris, my partner at Seed Artist, um, often talks about this comet going on. He's, I, I don't, we might be doing a comet performance at the next concert <laughs> he's on to this this frequency of a comet and i'm thinking wait a minute what yes so that will mm. that will that will be something to see happen but but yes i i i, I like i believe eric Dolphy would have enjoyed this day and time when people talk about music this way uh the psychology of music uh uh music and healing music and and consciousness uh uh, yeah, all these kinds of things. I believe he was, he was there without saying that he was there. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen sixty-two. I mean, he. The ideas are. Uh, it's it's just hard to believe, looking back on it, that he checked out when he did in nineteen sixty-four. So many things unfolding, and him being so young, and to imagine where it might have gone. But we know where. It was. We know where it was. October seventh, nineteen sixty-two. Mm-hmm. It was in Jackson Heights at the Gaslight Inn. And uh, well, any other thoughts before we jump back in there? Oh, <laughs> uh, this one was nineteen sixty uh, in October, right? October seventh. Yes. Sounds like Monk's birthday. Um, You're right around. Um, yes. No. No other thoughts except when I think of that neighborhood, I. I, I I'll, I'll look for the place. Yeah, I'll look next time I go there. Uh, right, off, somewhere right on one side or the other of Roosevelt Avenue. Mm-hmm. Picturing kind of a low-rise red brick buildings, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know the neighborhood that well, but hey, it was there was a gaslight in there at the time. Uh, we've got another one of Eric Dolphy's compositions, two, four, five, mm-hmm. coming up. And uh, once again, I'll tell you the band. This is, uh, we're in the WKC, this is WKCR FM New York and WKCR HD1. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show is called Deep Focus. And the Deep Focus tonight is on Eric Dolphy and coming from Fironak Laf. And we are out in Jackson Heights, Queens, October 7th, 1962. Eric Dolphy with Eddie Armour on trumpet. Herbie Hancock, piano, Richard Davis on the bass, Edgar Bateman on the drums. You think they took the number seven train to get there? I was thinking that. They probably, yeah. Was there a seven train? In yes, the there was. I then believe there was. They must have taken that one. They must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if they stopped off for any Indian food along the way. <laughs> <laughs> might have no, been. No, probably. <laughs> Maybe not yet. Kielbasa. Uh, mm, yeah, quite likely. <laughs> it works too, apparently. <laughs> All right, and uh, you're this is a, this is a treat from the KCR archives. And you know what? Hats off to um, Alan Grant, who was the host of the original radio show that hosted this and put these recordings together. We have um, feasted yeah. on his recordings 
here and on Monday nights, and uh, he's significant uh, luminary. Yes, we would not have this stuff if not for the efforts of him and whoever the engin- recording engineer mm-hmm. lost to the mists of time. But uh, it's okay. Thank you for your great efforts. All right, the guy with your tape machine. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing, yeah, probably some like huge, gigantic <laughs> thing. Uh, all right, well, let's go back to the Gaslight Inn. Eric Dolphy on WKCR. Hey now, Eric Dolphy on the group. Two four five. How about that? All right, two four five. By the way, this is um, Eric Dolphy with the group with um, Eddie Armour on flugelhorn, Edgar Bateman on drums, Richard Davis on bass, Herbie Hancock on the piano, and Eric. Yes, indeed.
lovely, lovey-dovey, lady be good. So good to me. Well, I'm just a lonesome. You're a lonesome babe in the woods. Lady, be so good to me. city won't someone please have a little pity to me huh. now don't you siddly blue deal you please then I won't whatever that means lady be so good to me and if you I will diddle it, 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 so give me a blue, oh, oh, lady be so good to me, well I'm all alone in the city, won't someone
Another great night of deep focus. Well, it's nighttime when we record them. I don't know what time it is when you're listening to it. But uh, picture Monday night in New York City, 6 to 9 p.m. When you listen to deep focus, that's when we record them. And yeah, this one, a classic, right? Uh, Firon Akhlaf, man, uh, I don't know anybody who's got better ears than that guy. And if you don't believe me, just listen to his music and you'll know. And... My goodness, there couldn't be a better artist for Deep Focus than Eric Dolphy. And here we found two fantastic live unreleased recordings, very different, both wonderful. You're in it, man. Uh, You listen to the first of three segments. There's two more segments. 
you can find them if you stumbled it onto this in some strange way. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. You can find this probably on your favorite podcasting app. You can always get to us at the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And you can also uh, find us on Instagram. It's Deep Focus Podcast at Instagram. And that is a great place to get information and your thoughts and questions back to us and to find people who love the music you love. That's where they are. All right, go check out part two and part three and some of the other hundred episodes that are posted. Glad you're along.